Portions of the following program may be pre-recorded. The following program is sponsored by the National Prayer Chapel. Will you drink deeply of Jesus? Will you come to the water of life? You will never thirst again. Let all who are thirsty come to Him. Will you drink deeply of Jesus? Will you come to the water of life? You will never thirst again. Let all who are thirsty come to Him. Come and draw from the well of salvation. Be made clean, let Him wash you in truth. Is the fountain of living water. Come and be made new. Will you drink deeply of Jesus? Will you come to the water of life? You will never thirst again. Let all who are thirsty come to Him. He can Refresh you in the desert Where your sin left you lost on the brink He is the fountain of living water Come to Him, dear sinner, and drink Will you drink deeply of Jesus? Will you come to the water? of planet Earth. Welcome to Pilgrim's Progress. I'm Pastor Ray from the National Prayer Chapel. I have two portions of Scripture to share with you to open the way for us to understand what the future for this Earth is. The first 
in Matthew, the 24th chapter. I'll begin in verse 27. For as lightning that comes from the east is visible even to the west, so will be the coming of the Son of Man. Immediately after the distress of these days, the sun will be darkened, the moon will not give its light, the stars will fall from the sky, and the heavenly bodies will be shaken. At that time the sign of the Son of Man will appear in the sky, and all the nations of the earth will mourn. They will see the Son of Man coming on the clouds of the sky with power and great glory. And he will send his angels with a loud trumpet, and they will gather his elect from the four winds, from one end of the heavens to the other. The second passage is found in Thessalonians. Thessalonians 4, I'll begin reading in verse 15. Second Thessal- First Thessalonians 4, beginning in verse 15. According to the Lord's own word, we tell you that we who are alive who are left till the coming of the Lord, will certainly not precede those who have fallen asleep. For the Lord himself will come down from heaven with a loud command, with the voice of the archangel and with the trumpet call of God, and the dead in Christ will rise first. After that, we who are still alive and are left will be caught up together with them in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air. And so we will be with the Lord forever. Therefore, encourage each other with these words. Jesus is coming again. He's coming for his people. This is the next great event on the calendar of heaven. Everything has been fulfilled or is in process of being fulfilled. And the next great event, Jesus is coming for his bride, is coming for his people. Now, who's going to go? Who is going to go to heaven with Jesus when he comes in power? There's a lot of disagreement on this issue. A lot of deceptive words have been spoken. So today I'm going to speak very directly out of the word of God to say this is who this is who will go to heaven when Jesus comes. we need to first consider the preparatory work that Jesus has done for his coming. Now, we have 
two powerful forces. One, the mighty King of kings and Lord of lords. But we also have the kingdom of the devil, darkness, the Antichrist. And he will do all he can to oppose the coming of Jesus for his saints. And he will destroy the earth until finally Jesus steps in. I'm going to make a very bold statement to you. Jesus will make the decision about the future state of planet Earth. And he is going to take planet Earth, he is going to burn it until nothing is left of it. And then he is going to create a new Earth and a new heaven. I want to be there. Now let's look at the preparatory work that Jesus has already done and is in process to bring about the final event of Jesus coming for his people. In Revelation, the sixth chapter, we find the four horses of the apocalypse. The first of these horses, found in chapter 6, is a white horse. The devil comes as a savior, but he is not the savior. He tried to create the League of Nations when it was not successful. He was successful in creating the United Nations. It has not been successful either. It has been a total failure. But then the second seal is opened. He's a fiery red horse. Its rider was given power to take peace from the earth and to make men slay each other. And to him was given a very large sword. We're clear. The second seal has been opened. It is the seal of war. And on every hand, all of my life, I've seen war. I was born shortly after World War II. But World War I was supposed to end all wars. World War II was supposed to end all wars, but it's been constant war since then. It's been the Korean War, the Vietnamese War. It's been war after war after war. The third seal, and by the way, these seals don't finish and then close and disappear. War will continue until the very end of time when Jesus comes to take his people home. Verse 5, chapter 6 of Revelation, verse 5, When the lamb, Lamb opened the third seal, I heard the third living creature say, Come, I looked, and there before me was a black horse. Its rider was holding a pair of scales in his hand. 
Then I heard what sounded like a voice among the four living creatures saying, A quart of wheat for a day's wages, three quarts of barley for a day's wages, and don't damage the oil and the wine. This is happening right now. We're watching it unfold before our eyes. Just turn the news on. And you'll hear famine is coming. The economy is collapsing. The dollar is going to disappear. The world economy is collapsing and famine is coming. That's the drumbeat of the modern media today. So we're, that's exactly pinpointed where we're at as we look at Jesus coming again. Now, Jesus can come at any time. There is nothing restraining Jesus from coming and taking his people home. But there are some things that he wants to have happen. And they greatly trouble my soul. They cause me to weep before the Lord. But he knows what he has to do to prepare his people. Now I'm going to make a statement that you perhaps have never heard before. I challenge you to simply read and pray and ask the Lord what he says. I believe the seals or the four horses of the apocalypse are specifically designed to bring God's people to repentance. He's preparing us for eternity. He can't come and take his people home when his people are not ready to go. Remember the story of Moses and the children of Israel. The first plagues fell also on the children of Israel to prepare them to leave Egypt, else they would have said, we're comfortable here, we're going to stay here. No, you're not. So God brought the plagues on them, the first plagues. The same thing is happening in the seals and the four horses of the apocalypse. When the Lamb opened the fourth seal, I heard the voice of the fourth living creature say, Come. I looked, and there before me was a pale horse. Its rider was named Death, and Hades was following close behind him. They were given power over a fourth of the earth to kill by the sword, famine, plague, and by the wild beasts of the earth. What you're seeing in this last horse of the apocalypse is a time of incredible persecution that is about to break out worldwide against Christians. The devil hates Christians. And the world will hate Christians. All nations will turn against the gospel of Jesus Christ. Now the fifth seal opens, but there's not a horse of the apocalypse. Because now everything is in process that will bring about the final culmination. And it's coming soon when Jesus Christ will return to earth. Now we find the sixth seal. And there's a great earthquake. 
and the sun turned black, the sackcloth made of goat hair, the whole moon turned blood red. Stars of the sky fell to the earth as late figs dropped from a fig tree when shaken by a strong wind. The sky receded like a scroll rolling up and every mountain and island was removed from its place. Then the kings of the earth, the princes, the generals, the rich and the mighty, and every slave and every free man hid in caves and among the rocks of the mountains. They called to the mountains and the rocks, Fall on us, hide us from the face of him who sits on the throne, from the wrath of the Lamb. For the great day of their wrath has come, and who can stand? Now, I want to share with you Then one of the elders asked me in verse 13 of chapter 7, Revelation seven thirteen, These in the white robes, who are they? Where did they come from? And one of the elders asked me, These in the white robes, who are they? Where did they come from? I answered, Sir, you know. And he said, These are they who came out of the great tribulation. You see, the tribulation is three and a half years and then three and a half years. I believe this is at the breaking point between three and a half years. Listen, they have washed their robes and made them white in the blood of the Lamb. Therefore, they are before the throne of God and serve him day and night in his temple. He who sits on the throne will spread his tent over them. Never again will they hunger, never again will they thirst. The sun will not beat upon them, nor any scorching heat. For the Lamb at the center of the throne will be their shepherd. He will lead them to springs of living water, and God will wipe away every tear from their eyes. Because see, what we're watching happen is the coming of Jesus Christ. He doesn't touch the earth when he comes. He raises up his saints into the air. I want to read that scripture for you. Listen to this. According to the, to the Lord's own word, we tell you that we who are still alive, who are left till the coming of the Lord, will certainly not precede those who have fallen asleep. For the Lord himself will come down from heaven with a loud command, with the voice of the archangel and the trumpet call of God, and the dead in Christ will rise first. And after that, we who are still alive and are left will be caught up together with them in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air. And so we will be with the Lord forever. Therefore, encourage one another with these words. I praise God. Jesus is coming. The future of planet Earth is that it will be ruled by Jesus Christ. 
for a thousand years. But that's not yet. The next thing that happens, the second half of the Great Tribulation, is where we see the Antichrist and the beast, the image to the beast. We will see them ruling in Revelation. I'll turn to it. Revelation 18. We find the beast is ruling. There's death and mourning and famine. The city is being, of Babylon is being destroyed. But more than that, the world is being destroyed. You're going to see You're going to see an asteroid strike. I'll read part of that to you. But this is not until the saints of God have been taken out of the earth. Now, pastor, do you believe in the rapture? Yes. I believe in a rapture. Rapture simply means catching away. Do I believe in a secret rapture? No. No place in scripture is a secret rapture spoken of. Jesus doesn't do things hiding in the dark. When he comes for his people, he's coming with a heart full of love, And he's going to be very, very public in that coming. I've already read you the scriptures that say, every eye will see him. You're going to see the coming of Jesus in the clouds of heaven. Now, let me describe what's going to happen. And then I need to go back. And I need to talk for just a few minutes about who's going to go. First, the dead in Christ are going to come out. They're going to be resurrected. And then they're going to begin their journey into the sky, into Jesus. And he says, those of us in Thessalonians who remain are likewise going to be caught up. We're going to be caught up. This is public. Every eye is going to see this. This is not some private deal. This is going to so shock the world. The devil is going to then move in great power to establish his kingdom. But I want to speak with you just briefly about who is going to go to heaven. Who is going to be caught up in the sky? And we find in Matthew, the 25th chapter, and a number of other places. Well, let me read one of these. Matthew 24. 
you will be handed over to persecution and put to death. And you will be hated by all the nations because of me. At that time, many will turn away from the faith and will betray and hate each other. And many false prophets will appear and deceive many people. A false prophet is going to come and tell you, look, Pastor Ray is wrong. We're all going to heaven. No, we're not. Because of the increase of wickedness, the love of most will grow cold. But he who stands firm to the end will be saved. And this gospel of the kingdom will be preached to the whole world as a testimony to all the nations. And then the end will come. I believe this is speaking for a brief time of revival on the earth. It will be a time of bitter persecution. Death will be on every hand. Now, I want you to hear about the ten virgins just briefly. I could take the full hour, but I won't. Five of the virgins are foolish and five are wise. Who are the who are the foolish? In the Greek, it means those who have not made preparation. The wise are those who have made preparation. The wise took oil in jars, that is, Holy Spirit, presence and power, the word of the living God. They all grow tired. They all get sleepy. But as the midnight cry rings out, here is the bridegroom, Come out to meet him. The virgins are all up trimming their lamps. But the foolish one said to the wise, Give us some of your oil. Our lamps are going out. No, they replied, There may not be enough for both us and you. Instead, go to those who sell oil and buy some for yourselves. But while they were on their way to buy the oil, the bridegroom arrived. The virgins who were ready went in with him, to the wedding banquet, and the door was shut. Later the others came. Sir, sir, they said, open the door for us. He said, I tell you the truth, I don't know you. Therefore keep watch. You do not know the day nor the hour. What's he saying? Jesus is only saying half of the church will go to heaven. The other half will be shut out because they did not make adequate preparation. They have no oil of the Spirit. Now, let me say this very quickly. It breaks my heart. I listened to a world-famous preacher, and he said, when Jesus comes... Every person who is in Christ, basically by saying a sinner's prayer, is going to go to heaven. He went on and said, You may not be fully justified or fully sanctified, but you are fully sanctified and fully justified 
because he believes in a sinning Christian. That's not what the scriptures say. You have to be ready. You have to be washed and made clean. You have to put your sin away by the power of the blood of Jesus. And if you have not made preparation, and Jesus comes, and he is coming soon, very soon, you will be shut out. This is not about a one-time being born from above. This is about a consistent walk with Jesus. And you come to the end, you confessed all of your sins, you're walking clean before him. You're filled with the Spirit of God. You're going to go with Jesus. Some of you are going to be standing there on the earth You're going to have your arms uplifted, expecting to go to heaven. And your feet will be like lead. And you will not go up. Jesus returns for his people. When he comes, he will find many who are not ready. But I believe the horses of the apocalypse the gradual gradation of trouble is to prepare God's people. Famine. The troubles of the earth are to so trouble the hearts of God's people that they will stir themselves and wake up and they will have the oil ready. They will make the preparation in order to go with Jesus into that wedding banquet. I don't want you to be left out of that wedding banquet, but you will be if you listen to these false preachers and false prophets who say that you can sin and you're still going to go to heaven. You can walk in fornication. You can walk in the lust of your flesh You can walk in desiring the things of the world and playing with darkness, and you're still going to go to heaven. No, you're not. Don't believe that. Jesus has made adequate preparation in the precious blood shed on Calvary to wash and cleanse you, to make you a person ready for the coming of the the Messiah for the coming of Jesus in the clouds of glory. He's not going to touch down, and everyone who wants to run into the kingdom of Jesus can run in. You're going to have to be lifted up into the sky, and in a moment, in the twinkling of an eye, you will be changed from mortal to immortality. But if you're filled with sin, rebellion, lust, anger. And please, may I say this? I said it last week. I need to say it again. As you hear messages like this, your heart 
is either drawn toward Jesus or your heart becomes increasingly hard and bitter and you turn away from Jesus. I pray that this message today of Jesus coming and of the future of planet Earth will cause you to recognize Jesus is coming again. I want to read it for you. This is another coming of Jesus. Turning to it quickly. Then the angel said to me, Write, Revelation 19 9. Blessed are those who are invited to the wedding supper of the Lamb. These are the true words of God. I saw heaven standing open. And there before me was a white horse, whose rider is called Faithful and True. With justice he judges and makes war. His eyes are like burning fire, and on his head are many crowns. He has a name written on him that no one knows but he himself. He is dressed in a robe dipped in blood, and his name is Word of God. The armies of heaven were following him, riding on white horses, dressed in fine linen, white and clean. Out of his mouth comes a sharp sword, with which to strike down the nations. He will rule them with an iron scepter. He treads the winepress of the fury of the wrath of Almighty, of God, King of kings and Lord of lords, is written on his robe. He speaks here of of the of the myriads of people who have been saved, who've been redeemed by the blood of Jesus. They ride white horses and they come behind Jesus. What's he coming for? To redeem his saints? No, they're already redeemed. What he's coming for is to establish the thousand-year millennial rule. The beast is captured. The false prophet is captured. And they're cast into the lake of fire. And then everyone who opposes Jesus coming to earth to establish his 1,000-year millennial reign, are slain by the, by the sword of Jesus. I saw an angel coming down out of heaven, having the key to the abyss. Holding in his hand a great chain, he sees the dragon, the ancient serpent, who is the devil, or Satan, bound him for a thousand years, and he threw him into the abyss and locked and sealed it over him to keep him from deceiving the nations any more until the thousand years are ended. And then he must be set free for a short time. 
Now when, when he is set free, there is a great war in heaven on this earth. And they face God himself. They face Jesus. And the devil is thrown into the fiery brimstone. The rest are going to go before the great white throne judgment. But then I tell you, John the Revelator begins to tell us something. And then I saw a new heaven and a new earth. For the first heaven and the first earth had passed away, and there was no longer any sea. I saw the holy city, the new Jerusalem, coming down out of heaven from God, prepared as a bride, beautifully dressed for her husband. And I heard a loud voice from the throne saying, Now the dwellings of God is with men, and he will live with them, and they will be his people, and God himself will be with them and be their God. And he will wipe every tear from their eyes, and there will be no more death or mourning or crying or pain, for the old order of things has passed away. And he who was seated on the throne said, I am making everything new. He said to me, It is done. I am the Alpha and the Omega, the beginning and the end. To him who is thirsty I will give to drink without cost from the spring of the water of life. He who overcomes. Did you hear that? Only overcomers over sin will ever enter into heaven's gate. cowardly, the unbelieving, the vile, the murders, the sexually immoral, those who practice magic arts, the idolaters, and all liars, their place will be in the fiery lake of burning sulfur. This is the second death. He carried me away in the spirit to a a mountain great and high, and he showed me the holy city Jerusalem coming down out of heaven from God. It shone with the glory of God, and its brilliance was like that of very precious jewel, like a jasper clear as crystal. Chapter 22. Then the angel showed me the river of water of life, as clear as crystal flowing from the throne of God and the Lamb down the middle of the great street of the city. One on each side of the river stood the tree of life bearing twelve crops of fruit. Oh, I want to be there. I want to be there. Do you? What sin could possibly be worth missing heaven? There is no possible 
There's no possible reward the devil can give you. Fornication only lasts a short time. Lying only lasts but a moment. Murder, being cowardly, magic arts. It's all short-lived. He said, blessed are those who wash their robes that they may have the right to the tree of life and may go through the gate into the city. Outside are the dogs, those who practice magic arts, the sexually immoral, the murderers, the idolaters, and everyone who loves and practices falsehood. Spirit and the bride say, come. And let him who hears say, come. Whoever is thirsty, let him come. Whoever wishes, let him take the free gift of the water of life. It's free, brother. It's free, sister. But you have to give up your wickedness. You have to turn away from the lust of your heart. You have to give yourself totally and completely into the hands of God. You've got to cut off that cynicism from your heart. You've got to let the Holy Spirit bend you toward Jesus. You've got to let the Holy Spirit come in power into your life and transform you into the likeness of Jesus. Some of you are so stubborn. You love the wicked lifestyle. You love the pride of your heart. Some of you are Christians, but you're so proud. You're so arrogant. You're so filled with your own stuff. You don't want to walk away. You don't want to let go of what will keep you grounded to this earth like shoes of lead. You're going to have to go up or you're going to die. What are you going to do? What are you going to do? You don't have long to make that choice. I'm telling you right now. We are going into the final. Well, we're going into the famine. And then we're going to go into the final horse of the apocalypse. And that pain and anguish and trial will either set your heart on fire for Jesus or it'll turn you utterly against Jesus. It is designed to bring you into the wholeness of Jesus Christ or to turn you utterly away from Jesus. Which will it be for you? Will you turn away from Jesus? You see, we would have an excuse if the blood of Jesus were weak and powerless. But the blood of Jesus is awesome. It is the most powerful thing in the entire universe. 
And the blood of Jesus can wash you free of your sin. It can remove the lust of your heart. I know a person. All they can think about is having sex. I know another person. All they can think about is that next bottle of wine. I know another person, all they're interested in is entertainment. Another man I spoke with is doing everything he can do to become a billionaire. And he'll probably become a billionaire, except he doesn't have time. It's going to all crash and burn. You're going to see within the next month, two months, you're going to see the economy of America go up in flames. You're going to see the Western world go up in flames. A time of great tribulation is coming now upon the earth so that it can separate the sheep and the goats. I can see a person standing before Jesus. And Jesus is saying, Is this a goat? Or is this one of my lambs? And what will make the difference will be the way you turn your heart toward Jesus or away from Jesus. And you're doing that right now. If you're scoffing at what I'm saying, you're turning your heart away from Jesus. If you're listening and you're saying, okay, I want to go to heaven. Now, Jesus, this hard edge has to go. This love for the world has to be cut off. This lust of my heart, remove it now, Jesus. I don't want it anymore. See, heaven is on the way. Jesus is coming. And the earth is going to be burned. And he's going to come and create a new heaven and a new earth. And then this city of God is going to come down 12, 13, 1400 miles squared. Oh, my brother, my sister, I don't want you to miss this. But it's going to take very concrete, real decisions on your part. We are in the last days. Jesus is coming. Now let's pray. Lord, I come praying, crying out to you. Thousands of people are in the valley of decision. They thought they were Christian and they thought they could go to heaven and ride the coattails. 
They thought they could go to heaven and still have their worldly lust. They thought they could keep their sin and be a sinning Christian because the preachers told them that. Almighty God, I'm asking, will you come by your Spirit? And would you bring deep conviction of heart? Would you cause men and women to turn in deep contrition and sorrow for their sin? And would you wash it away by your precious blood, Jesus? Would you rule over us, Almighty King, with kindness and mercy and grace? Lord, you never you never sent your grace to cover and hide our sin. You sent your grace to teach us to say no to ungodliness and wickedness. Lord, pour out your grace on your church. Pour out your grace on lost sinners who are caught in the lust of their heart, the lust of their flesh. Lord, I stand by faith for what you are doing now. I thank you for the four horses of the apocalypse. As painful as they are, I know that without that pain, many, many of your children will not be able to enter the kingdom of God because they think they're already saved. Come and do your magnificent work, conviction, turning your people from sin. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. And you've been listening to Pilgrim's Progress. Please may I use Pilgrim's Progress. You're going to have to cross that Jordan River. And there's no way across that Jordan River, except faith in Jesus Christ and in his blood. Don't try to get across in your own rowboat. Please, we're coming to the very end of the month. I need to hear from you so we can stay on air. This is a faith ministry. None of the donations go into my pocket. You can write to National Prayer Chapel, Post Office Box 2346, Woodbridge, Virginia, 22195. I don't take a salary from the National Prayer Chapel goes into the work of the gospel. Write to me at National Prayer Chapel, Post Office Box 2346, 
Woodbridge, Virginia, 22195. Or go to our webpage, nationalprayerchapel.com. If this message has meant something to you, would you share it with someone else? Would you invite them to listen all week? We serve such a mighty God. And he loves with such an overwhelming love. Don't disappoint him. Let his Holy Spirit wash you and make you clean. There's no sin that God cannot forgive. There's no sin that God is not willing to forgive and remove from your heart. But you have to be willing to let him do that. It's not by works. It's entirely by faith in the blood of Jesus Christ. God bless you, my brother, my sister. I love you. I'll talk to you soon. To keep you from falling and to present you blameless before the presence of his glory with great joy, with great joy. Now unto him who is able to keep you from falling and to present you blameless. For the presence of His glory